Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Welcome back to The Savvy Psychologist. I'm Dr. Ellen Hendrickson, and every week, I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. Let's talk about social anxiety. This week, we'll get right to the heart of the matter, the palpitating heart, if you're feeling anxious, with the three best social anxiety hacks I've ever come across. Now, socially anxious moments are universal. We've all felt that self-conscious urge to hide. Maybe we find ourselves alone in the elevator with the boss. We walk into a room and watch all the heads swivel towards us. We get introduced to our friends' friends, and then what do we say? We feel the heat start to rise, the self-consciousness start to fold in, the imagined judgment start to creep up. It's social anxiety. It's universal. But guess what? It's also changeable. Now, before we get into it, let's define exactly what we're talking about. What is social anxiety? Well, it is the belief that we have a fatal flaw, that there is something wrong with us. We might think we're stupid, boring, an imposter, a babbling idiot, a total disaster. And we think that unless we work hard to conceal or to hide our perceived flaw, it will become obvious to everyone. And will be judged or rejected for it. But the belief in this fatal flaw is mistaken. Nothing is wrong with you. And I know that the perception is so strong that it makes us act as if it were true. If we're worried we're stupid, we won't raise our hand in class. If we think we're an awkward loser, we'll spend our time at the party scrolling through our phone. If we think we're incompetent, we'll pass on that promotion at work. So essentially, social anxiety is a distorted view of who we are as a person. It's like body dysmorphia, except instead of for the outside, it's for the inside, our personality, our character, our social competence. And as a result, we avoid situations where we might be revealed. We might avoid overtly by staying home or calling in sick, or we might avoid covertly by showing up but remaining silent hovering on the edge of groups, or staring at the floor. So, what can we do about this? Well, it turns out, there's a lot we can do. So this week, here are your top three social anxiety hacks. So ultimate tip number one is let go of the little things you do to hide your anxiety. Now, because we're worried that our quote-unquote flaw will become obvious to everyone, we do small, unconscious actions to try to keep it hidden. These little actions are called safety behaviors, and we use them to try to tamp down our anxiety and keep ourselves safe. So, for example, we might talk really fast to get conversations over with, giggle after saying anything, whether it was funny or not, avoid eye contact, talk very softly, rehearse in our head what we're going to say before we speak, or walk with our head down, earbuds in, and those wayfarers on, baby. 
But here's the kicker. These are the very actions that are keeping us stuck. So I call safety behaviors the life preserver that's holding you underwater. We're doing them to save ourselves, but really, they're holding us back. The answer? Thankfully, we can drop them. So first, choose what safety behavior you'd like to drop. Researchers Dr. Lynn Alden of the University of British Columbia and Dr. Charlie Taylor of the University of California, San Diego, in a series of studies, showed that 92% of people could immediately name the safety behaviors they use. So once you've identified yours, here is something to try. Have two separate conversations. In the first, do your safety behavior like usual. So talk with your hand in front of your mouth, monitor what you say to make sure it doesn't sound stupid, or whatever it is you do to try to tamp down your anxiety and hide your perceived flaw. But in the next conversation, let the safety behavior go. If you usually scroll through your phone, go ahead and look your conversation partner in the eye. If you usually chatter quickly to get your words out, slow down. Think of it as an experiment. You want to discover what happens when you let go of that fake life preserver. Want a spoiler? Thanks to Alden and Taylor's studies, we already have the answer. When you stop trying to conceal your perceived flaw, rather than that perceived flaw hanging out everywhere, you realize it doesn't exist. And you actually look and feel more comfortable. And there's more. When researchers ask our conversation partners, they rate those of us who drop our safety behaviors as more enjoyable to talk to, would prefer us as a friend, and would like to spend more time with us. Why? Well, because when we drop our safety behaviors, we're more authentic. We're real. Rather than filling all your bandwidth with impression management, the bandwidth is freed up, and natural friendliness, curiosity, and authenticity fills it in. So letting go of that life preserver seems counterintuitive, but try it, and you'll never look back. Ultimate tip number two is turn your attention inside out. Social anxiety makes us feel like we're in danger, as if there's social threat everywhere. So in order to make sure we're safe, we monitor how things are going, both internally and externally. But we focus on the wrong things. We focus on our bodies to make sure we're not shaking, sweating, or turning red. We might focus on standing in a way that looks confident. We might work hard to act casual, sound smart, or keep from being boring. But all this focus on trying to act a certain way, manage others' impression of us, and covering our perceived fatal flaw takes a tremendous amount of attention and energy. And there's no bandwidth left for basics, even things like walking and talking. And this is precisely why we trip, spill our drink, and go blank when it's our turn to talk. Now, appropriately, the phenomenon of monitoring ourselves and our anxiety is called self-focused attention. And the result is that we come away from social encounters with very little information about how things actually went. To make matters worse, in order to fill in the gaps, we ask our anxiety, which is about as credible as asking the used car salesman which car on the lot we should buy. So, how to break out? Actually, that is the operative word. Out. Turn your attention inside out. Here's what I mean. You choose where your attention goes. So shift to focusing outward on what's happening around you. 
In the moment, this means consciously placing your attention on the people around you, the person you're talking to, or simply your immediate surroundings. So look at their face. Listen closely to what they're saying. Shift the focus from you, you, you to them, 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 and feel your anxiety lift. Okay, so let's finish up with ultimate tip number three. Get started and your confidence will catch up. Now, we wish that we could retreat from the world and reemerge with our confidence transformed, like a cocoon transforms a caterpillar into a butterfly. We want to feel less anxious so we can live our life. But instead, we have to live our life in order to be less anxious. Humans learn on the job, and building confidence is no exception. It's really hard to just, quote, be confident without evidence or experience to back it up. You need the experience first, and then your attitude will follow. So put action before confidence. Just like mood and motivation, we don't have to wait until we feel like doing something before we do it. We don't have to feel like going to the gym before we lace up our shoes. We don't have to feel inspired before we sit down to write. Instead, we start doing it, and the feeling catches up. Therefore, to build confidence, choose something small that you habitually avoid. The operative word here is small. We're not aiming for huge parties, public speaking, or other big stuff yet. But maybe use the regular checkout, not the self-checkout. Order over the phone rather than online. Compliment a stranger. Eat lunch in your workplace break room, not at your desk. Finally introduce yourself to the colleague you see all the time but have never spoken to. These things are so easy to skip over. We avoid them because we can. We can easily do the workaround. But then we miss out on the evidence that they're not as bad as we imagine, and we can handle them. So start by changing your actions, and then see how you feel. In the moment, you'll find a million reasons to avoid. But give it a shot. This is why we're starting small, after all. Do it before you're 100% confident, and your confidence will catch up. So give all three of these hacks a shot. And while you stretch and grow and challenge yourself, turn your attention inside out and let go of those safety behaviors, those life preservers that hold you underwater. Keep at it, and you'll find the world is a lot friendlier than you ever thought. And your fatal flaw isn't there after all. Thank you so much for making The Savvy Psychologist a part of your life. To get the pre-order bonuses of the companion workbook, resilience ebook, and an entry to win the Joyable app, 10% Happier app, and five introvert-friendly books, pre-order How to Be Yourself and forward your receipt to preorder at ellenhendrickson.com. And I know from experience that Hendrickson is really hard to spell, so it's H-E-N-D-R-I-K-S-E-N, so no C and it's S-E-N, but that is preorder at ellenhendrickson.com. As always, The Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and doesn't substitute for mental health care from a licensed professional. Next week, it is not your imagination. Anxiety is on the rise, and one of the culprits is technology. So we'll tackle how exactly technology drives anxiety and how you can keep your smartphone and your sanity. I'll see you here next Friday for a happier, healthier mind. 
Are you tired of the constant battle with anxiety and panic? I've got a podcast that I think you'll love. It's called the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, where the host, Gina, gives you your weekly dose of tranquility and inspiration. Two new episodes drop weekly, packed with practical tips and lifestyle changes to help you calm that racing heart and bring peace back into your life. So if you're ready to bid farewell to sleepless nights and constant worry, tune into the Anxiety Coaches podcast and embark on a journey towards lasting calmness and a life free from anxiety's grip. Remember, it's not just a podcast, it's a lifeline. Join Gina on the Anxiety Coaches podcast and let her soothing words be the balm your nervous system needs. Listen in and start your path to healing today. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast.com because healing begins the first time you listen.